This message comes from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Reaching out with rock-solid hope in Rim Country. September 5th, 2021. Mark chapter 7. Maybe you've seen it before. It can be a crippling condition. It's what causes the mother of a newborn child to walk around constantly on the hour, wiping down every surface to keep it clean. It's a condition that's called mysophobia, the fear of harmful contamination, commonly called germophobia. Similarly related to it is hypochondria, the the fear of constantly thinking you're going to come down with and succumb to some sickness or disease. Of course, you've probably seen the the joke. Many of you might have seen that picture that depicts a a mother with her child and the the child that is there is wearing goggles and safety bumpers on the elbows and the knees and everything is sparkly clean in the house. And the caption on the picture reads, after your first child. The next picture shows the mother with a group of children who are covered in dirt. One of them looks like he might actually be eating some of the dirt, and the mother is changing a diaper, a dirty diaper in the background, all calm and collected, and the good little dog is sharing some of its food with one of the curious children. And the caption reads, After your second child. Of course, we know that germs are not a laughing matter. There is a real danger with uncleanliness and disease, but it's sometimes hard to walk that line between the two extremes, to know when you're going too far, that is, you're walking around on the one hand, you can't go around with a spray bottle of disinfectant spraying it everywhere you go, nor on the other hand, can you let things get so careless and dirty that people can't tell where the garbage begins or ends in your home. What does it mean to be clean? One other type of ailment can afflict us in the spiritual realm. What does it mean to be clean before God? Today we look at the words and response of Jesus in Mark chapter 7, and we see just what it means to be spiritually clean. Jesus is cleansing. Christ's cleansing is more than skin deep. See here in chapter 7, Some of the enemies of Jesus think they found Jesus with his disciples caught in a filthy act. It says here in chapter 7, the disciples were eating with unwashed hands. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they scrub their hands with the fist, holding to the tradition of the elders. So the Pharisees and experts in the law asked Jesus, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders? They eat bread with unclean hands. Certainly, ceremonial washing was a big part of the lives of God's people. God had, in fact, given instruction in the scriptures regarding washing. Priests, for example, were to wash with a basin before they came to offer sacrifice. We see other descriptions of washings by God. Some of them, it appears, might even have something to do with hygiene. When the house was inflicted with mold, the people were to follow the proper procedures. But all these things, whether it was from the priest or in the household, all these washings commanded by God were meant to teach the people. 
even if they had some sort of hygienic component, they were there to teach. The people were not to remove the mold from their house by some superstitious incantation. The priest needed to recognize and know and the people that you cannot come before your God with unclean hands. What about this washing before a meal? Was this some sort of divine mandate to wash your hands before eating? No. Mark actually makes it clear. He says, this is from one of the traditions of the elders. This is not a, a law of God, but it is a tradition. And it's one that's, as Mark mentions, so do all the Jews. One that's highly regarded by the people. And one that was especially regarded by the Pharisees, who apparently caught Jesus' disciples breaking the tradition of the elders. Jesus sees through their shallow view of cleansing. And he points out just how shallow it is. As he says, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching human rules as if they were doctrines. And then he adds, you abandon God's commandments, but hold to human tradition, like washing pitchers and cups. See, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, they held to this human tradition, this washing, with such high importance, because it was a way for them to offer, offer lip service to God. Jesus says, you honor me with your lips, but what about your hearts? And not only was it a way to easily check off the list that they were offering lip service to God, but it was also a way for them to set aside the real heart of the matter and what it really meant to be clean before God. We see churches doing this today. Some churches, which go by the name Christian, will teach rules that are on the outward surface, things they say make you more clean, more right with God. Things such as you, you should not drink coffee or caffeine. It's an outward thing. And on the surface, it can be easy to keep or to point out when others are breaking this law. And other churches will teach things such as it's sinful to have a TV or that it's wrong for a Christian to drink alcohol. This isn't found in scripture. But these rules, these human regulations are easily checked off and kept. Why? Because it's easy to have a, a checklist of spiritual cleaning items which you can show and demonstrate that you are clean before God. Meanwhile, dismissing all the other commands and laws in the matter of the heart. Isn't it easy for us to come, with a, come up with a spiritual cleaning list that makes us feel like we're clean? What does it mean to be clean before God? Well, I, I've brought my family to a, a worship service. They're all clean and good-mannered. Doesn't that count? Check. Well, I've made it through the, the week and I've had good manners and I've been polite all week. Check. Well, I've given an offering to God. Check. I've not smoked. I've not drunk. I've not done anything wrong. Check. Check. I hope God's paying attention. I've prayed 15 times this week. I've prayed 30 times today. God, do you have that added to your tally list? I hope you're paying attention. Check. And we can begin to 
make a list of things that God did not necessarily command, but make them into our own regulations and traditions and rules that make us feel like we are clean with our God. Meanwhile, dismissing the heart of the matter. Jesus gets down to the real dirt on what it means to be clean. He called the crowd to him and said, Everyone, listen to me and understand. There is nothing outside a man that can make him unclean by going into him, at least when it comes to spiritual matters. But the things that come out of a man are what make him unclean. If you want to be clean before God, that is spiritually clean, you have to look at the heart of the matter. Does God care about attendance? Does having your family well-mannered and dressed and showing up for church make them spiritually right before God? Is there any number of prayers that we can say that will cleanse the lips which speak that prayer? Does having an offering, does having time, does having something that you bring before God make you, un, make you clean before him? Jesus mentions that all these outward things, they can't make you clean. Then he gets to the real heart of the matter. Later on, he calls his 12 disciples and instructs them further. Do not understand that whatever goes into a man from the outside cannot make him unclean. For it does not enter his heart, but goes into his stomach and goes out of him. He continued, what comes out of a man, that is what makes him unclean. In fact, from within, out of people's hearts come evil thoughts, sexual sins, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, unrestrained immorality, envy, slander, arrogance, and foolishness. All these things proceed from within and make a person unclean. You want to be clean before God, you have to examine the heart. You know, often scripture will list items and make certain lists, and it's not always that those numbers of those lists mean something. But I can't help but wonder as I look at this list and as Jesus speaks to his 12 disciples, and he lists off here 12 different things that come from within the heart. I can almost picture him looking at each one of his disciples, exposing what is in their hearts as they realize uncleanliness comes from within and they hear the things, the filth that comes from within them and their own thoughts. One might try to be clean on the outside, but it's the inside that counts. And what comes out of the heart breaks the commands of God from within. We might try to put on a show of outward cleanliness by the things we can easily check off and do. But are we really clean? You know, I once had a job working at a cheese factory. And my job primarily was working on the the line and the assembly and boxing the cheese. But on occasion, when the line would come to a halt and the production ceased, I was put onto cleaning duty. The place was already quite spotless and there were always full-time cleaners working on that job but they put me on the extra cleaning. And the reason is because 
Even though the factory floor looked clean, as if Mr. Clean had come through every day, all it would take was one small colony of bacteria, one small bit of contamination to get out of hand, and the company would be ruined and would face great loss because of it. It doesn't matter how clean things looked, it just took one contamination from within to ruin everything. That's the way it is with our spiritual state. The devil wants us to think we are clean as we check off our list and have outward cleanliness. He also even wants us to make such a list so we can look at the, the faults and failures of others on how they are not outwardly clean like we might be. But within, there is rottenness because the outward cleanliness cannot fix us. The devil wants to drag us down to the pits of hell with an appearance of outward cleanliness from our own hands while we remain rotten in the heart. It's like what Jesus said regarding those who try to keep God's laws and make themselves clean or add to God's laws in ways that make themselves feel like they're clean. Jesus called them whitewashed tombs, looking good and scrubbed clean on the surface, but inwardly dead. When you and I consider what Jesus says with this listing of 12 things from the heart, how would you stand if you were one of the 12 or among the 12 there as he listed these sins coming from within? Which one of those sins would expose the uncleanliness that flows from within your own heart? Which one would leave you feeling exposed and dirty? We have to join with the psalmist who says, who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Who can stand in his holy presence? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. And then we have to ask and, and wonder, am I clean? Am I spiritually clean to stand before him? I invite you to turn with me to find the answer in Psalm 51. What makes us clean? David's sin was one that started with his heart of lust and followed through into other sins of immorality and murder. It came from the heart. But David thought he could cover his sin. If, if others didn't see it, that no one would know. But God knows. And when David's sin was exposed, he wrote this. Be gracious to me, God, according to your mercy. Erase my acts of rebellion according to your great compassion. Scrub me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. Against you I have sinned and done evil. Certainly, I was guilty when I was born. I was sinful when my mother conceived me. But David says, Cleanse me and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Real cleansing is more than skin deep. And it's not worked out by our own hands. We could not keep God's laws. Our hearts are covered with guilt and stand in their shame. But cleansing comes from a far greater power, not the removal of dirt, but the working of God to give us a clean heart, to wash us and make us clean. This cleansing came by him who walked this earth, he came down 
as one who had a heart just like ours, a heart which beat, and his hands were covered with dirt and probably carried some germs. But his heart was always pure in thought, and no evil flowed from his heart, because he was the Son of God, born, yes, in human flesh, but conceived by the Holy Spirit. And as Jesus, the perfect and holy Son of God, walked on this filthy earth, he came to give us a cleansing. It was a cleansing in which he himself would take our place. And because of the the guilt and the filth which we bore, he would step into our place, the perfect, holy, spotless Son of God. And ironically, his enemies wouldn't even get their their hands dirty or walk into the palace of Pilate as they put Jesus on trial. They didn't want to make themselves outwardly dirty. And as Jesus stood on trial before Pilate, Pilate said he washed his hands of the guilt of Jesus' blood, and the crowd said, let his blood be on ours. But that blood that was shed, the holy, sinless, perfect blood of the Son of God, cleanses us and covers our sin. We are washed by Jesus and his blood. So that when the scriptures look and declare at the sinner who trusts in Christ, it can say, they are clean. The picture is amazing. The living Jesus, who rose to life, sent out his messengers, who said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, and then washed them with his washing. Jesus' messengers said, be washed, be baptized, and wash your sins away. And it's the apostle who declares, that by water and the word, he cleansed us, making us holy, so not a spot or blemish remains, but holy and blameless. And the apostle declares, Peter says, he washed us, not the removal of dirt from the body, but a clean conscience before God. He saved us through his washing and baptism, giving us his washing and his spirit. It's what the Apostle Paul describes as the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, a cleansed heart. And it is forever clean through the blood of Christ, our living Savior. There's a neat picture of heaven in Scripture. And that picture of heaven describes the spotless, perfect, clean picture of those who are standing before God. And they're clean. When the question is asked how they became so clean, the answer is given, These are those who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. It's the cleansing which Christ gives us. What makes a person clean? We are clean through God's hands and through his cleansing. It's not just a cleaning outward on the surface of man-made rules. It is the law of God kept perfectly by his Son and covering us with his blood. We are clean through the hands and the blood of Christ. It's what the prophet Isaiah describes as, Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are crimson, they shall be like wool. What makes you clean? Christ. And his cleansing is more than skin deep. 